Welcome to Let God Be Great. I'm your host, Nyjah Andrews. I'm so excited to be with you on this um, second episode. And today we're talking about Joshua 3. The Lord has been dealing with that we need to remember that you already made it over. So he said, don't forget you made it over. Um, in Joshua 3, just to sum it up some, um, he dealt with that the children of Israel were now going to cross the Jordan. That's all it really covers is their process of getting to the Jordan and crossing the Jordan. And we're going to go through that and just examine it. I did ask the Lord, how did he want me to go about this? Um, and I have to clearly say, like, he just kept pushing back to, I need the word discussed. They need to go into the word. We have to examine the word to know really how when we're reading a word, how to really um, eat from it and take all that we can. How can we ask God to be great when we don't really look at the word, eat it slowly and digest all that we can get out of it to get all of our nutrients? So today is going to be a little different. And I believe every episode is going to flow a little differently um, so it's going to be more heavier in the word today, but it's so needed. It's so rich because, again, the goal is to let God be great. So let's jump right on in. In Joshua chapter three, we're, and this is the English standard version. We're going to start around verse three. Um, verse three says and commanded the people, but they're talking about the officers. So the officers commanded the people. As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God being carried by the Levitical priests. Then you shall set out from your place and follow it. Let's stop there. The Lord was dealing with me about this one verse. He said, when the Lord moves, be before you, be ready to follow him. And so it made me ask the question of how do we know the Lord has moved right before us? How do we know when the Lord is in moving? And the Lord said this. He said, there's a shifting that should take place in our life to let us know when it's time to move. And what happens is when, when there's a shifting, we have to be ready to shift with it. So what does that look like? How do we get there? First, we got to stop looking through our natural eyes. Yes, the children of Israel had the Ark of the Covenant that was going to go before them. But we don't have the Ark of the Covenant, but we have the move of the Holy Spirit and we have the Father that does go before us in all situations. And so in that, we have to get in tune with the Spirit of God. How do we do that? We get in tune through seeking and sitting in his presence, spending time with him, not always talking, but trying to listen, to hear him. I want to hear your breath. I want to know you, God. I want to I want to know when you move, I move. I want to know and learn how you breathe. Like when was the last time you just sat in his presence and said nothing? Said nothing, but say, God, I, I want to hear you. I'm not going to move until I hear you. And really allowed yourself to go seeking after him. Allow your spirit to really rest in his presence, to hear and pick up on the vibrations and the love of God. And so we want to be in tune. How can we let God be great if we're moving before him or we're getting stagnant and being still? Guess what? There are many seasons that you are behind in all because you never felt the move of God. You didn't know that the season had ended and yet you're still walking and you're still operating in that same season and the season has shifted. Have you ever been in situations where it's like, man, 
I don't know why nothing is working in this place. It seems so dried up. My finances are different in this space. Everything seems like it's just really coming against me when it was so good to me and it was so fruitful at one point for me. Guess what? That's a time you need to go in the presence of the Lord and say, has my season shifted? Because sometimes that's what's happening is that our season is shifted or it's in the process of being shifted. Remember, this is the time when the children of Israel, they, they're now about to step into the promised land. And so things are shifting for them. They're even going to come to the place where he, that, that Abba isn't going to supply them with manna. But see, he had to build them to that place. So where are you? This is a great self-examining place. Lord, can I, do I know the shift of you? And if I don't, how do I get in the presence of you and, and get in position for the shifting? Now let's be going. We're going to go to four. Four says, yet there shall be a distance between you and it, about 2,000 cubic in length, but do not near it. Do not come near it in order that you may know the way you shall go, for you have not passed this way before. This scripture blessed me so much because I had to repent and say, Lord, forgive me. I repent for my zealousness. Have you ever been in a situation where you heard one thing from God and then you get so excited, you just quickly start moving and doing a million other things all because you like, oh, I know which way this is going. Uh-uh-uh. We're out of order with that. Even the word here tells us to, to let the presence go before us, but keep a distance so we can see the, the presence and we can know when the presence tell us when Abba tells us to go in, uh, go left, go right, go straight, pause, slow down so that we can get instructions in enough time that we don't stumble and fall. See, that's the issue we have sometimes is we get that one level of instruction. And in that instruction, we then just say, oh, I know exactly what to do. And we move ahead of God. We cannot move ahead of the creator of all things. That's a place that we got to, again, this is all about how can I let God be great if I'm moving ahead of God? The omnipresent one, the great I am. How, how does that align to me? How does that help me be great? It doesn't. So how can he, we allow him to be great in our world, in our life, in our purpose if we are ahead of him? So we have to learn how to take a step back because guess what? Let me tell you what happened. You got that one instruction and you are obedient. Guess what? You unlock a piece of victory. But a piece of victory is nothing compared to the fullness of the victory he has for you. And that's our goal. If we want God to be great, we want him to be great in everything we do and have. As my soul prospers, everything around me should prosper. And so how can that be if I just take little increments? Have you ever been in a season where it's just like, man, I get crumb upon crumb or I get a, a small drizzle, but never the overflow that I've heard about, that I've read about, that I've even witnessed? Guess what? Maybe it's because you are trying to move ahead of God compared to staying in alignment with him and his will and his way. So we want to make sure that if we want total victory, that means we have to be in total alignment behind him. Let's move to five. Then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will, be, will do wonders among you. I had to stop here and had to look up consecrate because in my mind, at first I was like, oh, you mean like go fast or do something like that? The Lord said, no, I, I'm doing a new thing and I want people to understand my word and I don't want you to just look at it and say, oh, I know what he's saying here. No, we got to go again. This is an examination of self. 
God was asking us to set ourselves apart. That's what he's saying. He's saying set yourself apart because consecrate here, the Hebrew word for consecrate is kadash. And that just means to set yourself apart as holy. So how do we do that? Great question to ask because this I'm a question asker. So I'm always in the presence of the Lord and I'm asking questions on how do I do that? What does that look like? And God loves questions because he wants you to come not with just the why. Who cares about the why? I want to know how do I proceed? I don't care that it hurts or it's tough. How do I proceed? How do I obtain all the victory and every lesson, everything I need out of it in this time through it, unless I get my understanding now from wisdom. So to consecrate, we must be exclusive, exclusively used by the Lord and give up a piece of ourselves. We got to surrender our own will. So he was asking them today, I want you to give up your will. I want you to give up your understanding. I want you to give up yourself and say, God, I want you to use me. I want to be available. I want to be a vessel unto you. I don't want to sing about it, but I really want to live what a sacrifice look like. I want to give up my own inability to do everything and how I feel like I can do everything for myself and through myself. I'm giving it all up to say, I want your will and nothing more and nothing less. I want your will because I know you do exceedingly abundantly above all I can think, ask, or pray. So everything you have for me is always going to supersede what I can have for myself. I want to give that up. So if I give up me, and take on you. I, if I give up what I believe and, and my thinking, then I'm taking on what you believe. I'm taking on a childlike trust of you. I'm taking on the ability to say, I'm going to blindly follow you. I'm going to trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide me. And I'm not going to question it, but I'm going to walk through it. I don't care how dark it gets, but I'm going to trust that your rod and staff are there for me. This is what consecrating mean here. So he's telling us to consecrate ourselves, give up ourselves. And take on me so that the Lord will do wonders among you. So wonders, wonders in Hebrew means pala. It's so it's, it's surpassing or extraordinary. It also means to separate, distinguish, and to be great, difficult, and wonderful. So there are things that we're going to endure that's going to be difficult. But guess what? If we already gave up our will, we can make it through it. We're already equipped for it. There are things that's going to be so wonderful, so terrific, so, so superseding that we wouldn't even be, think we qualify for it. But because we already gave up our will, then now we know we do qualify because he has already positioned us to be, to meet the qualifications and whatever they say we don't have and that we need, he supplies all of our needs. So whatever you think you need, you got it already. It's already in your soul. And because God would do that, this is why he said, see, I had to make you give it up so you can take on me. Take off the clothes you put on and put on the clothes I put on you. Put on the very thing I put inside of you that I gave before I clothed you in your, in your mother's womb. See, we were a spirit. And then he gave us everything we need. Every purpose was already embedded in us. Every ability, everything that we are in, everything, we're equipped fully for it. But it requires us to do something. It requires us to give up the clothes we put on of limitations, the clothes of insecurities, the clothes of I'm not worthy, the clothes of everything that the world has said against who we are, to take it off and to put on him so we can experience the wonders of God. And we're going to keep going. 
And so we're going to jump down to seven. So the Lord said to Joshua, today, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We have to know that you've already witnessed victory. I know it's easy to remember the times that were rough and hard. And sometimes we can, it takes us time to really think back on the victorious times in our lives or when we have witnessed things of victory in other people's lives. Joshua got a chance to see all the miraculous things Moses did. Now the Lord is telling him, I'm, gonna, I'm with you and everybody around you are going to witness how I'm with you the same way I was with Moses. See, the Lord said, we have to recall the good and understand that the same victories we've witnessed, he is with us and he's going to supersede what we've already seen. Did you know that a lot of the victories that you witnessed was just so you will have those seeds of victory already in you for this very moment so that when it came to your time of victory that you then can say, wow, I already know what that looked like. Like I already know the excitement and joy that comes with that. I already have a glimpse of what victory looks like. But guess what happened? The enemy will make us dwell in our worst places and worst situations. When you can think back to your childhood, sometimes the worst situation can be the first thing that come up. You think back to like, how was your work day? The first thing that come at your mouth sometimes is the most negative thing of what took place that was out of order. Why do you think that comes to the forefront? Because it, the enemy, this world does not want you to remember how good God is. It doesn't want you to remember every seed of greatness that you have witnessed in every day of your life. But when we change our thinking and the way we function and the way we process and start bringing all the positive things first and looking for the positivity in everything, we have then realized that we have such a high level of deposits of positivity and victory that we can't help but to know we're walking in it. See, this reminded me of Jonah 2.7, and I'm going to go there. Jonah 2, 7 is one of my favorite chapters in Jonah is chapter two, because he didn't already got in the whale's mouth. He's talking about how he was dying, how seaweed is around his head. So he know he's dying. But here, this is the important piece. In, in 2, 7, he says, when my life was fainting away, fainting away, I remembered the Lord and my prayer came to you into your holy temple. See, we have to know that Sometimes we think about all of the bad situations. That's when we are fainting away. But we have to remember the Lord, the victory, right? That he's a savior, that he is our saving grace, that he is for us and not against us. There's more for us than against us. He, he is the one who is the, the way. He is the truth. He's our light. He is our everything. And the moment we remember him, then we can say, my prayer came to me and it came to you in the holy temple. See, we forget to pray and to cry out Jesus sometimes in the midst of our darkest places and our most hurt places, all because we didn't remember how victorious God is, how victorious calling on the name of Jesus is, how when I shout Jesus, guess what? Devils tremble. Everything must get ready to bow. Everything falls under the authority of Christ. And so sometimes you got to know that I can call out Jesus and the atmosphere must shift in everything about it. And so when we get into that place where we just want to, we forget that victory, we got to go back to what he said here in seven. He said that I am about to, he didn't say I'm about to, I'm about to show you something great. I'm about to show, I'm about to exalt you 
in the sight of Israel. I'm about to exalt you and those that rejected you. I'm about to exalt you and give you more victory than those you've already witnessed. It's not about people seeing us. <clears throat> Thought I have water over here. It's not about people seeing us, but what it is about is about that God would do the very thing. For those that have rejected us will see the rise. Those that are spectators will see the rise. Though even our own selves, all the self-affliction will have to move out the way and see the rise to see what God is doing for us. And we have to get in position, but always remember, we've already witnessed the victory. Eight. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Right here, I promise you, I had to stop studying and just like have a shout moment. I had to really just like have a moment and go into my heavenly language because even right here, I'm trying to contain myself. It got me so excited because I had to understand what he was saying here at eight and what he was saying. See, see, we got to know what brink is. See, when we come to the brink, that is the edge, the very edge. In Hebrew, that's um, kasai, kasai. That means, and see the brink of the water, that means to stand still in the water. We are on the brink of something. I don't care what's happening and where you at in your life. You're always on the brink. You're always on the edge of something happening. And you have two choices. One, you can stop and let fear keep you from taking that next step. Or two, you can take that next step and step into the water. See, he said, when you get to the brink of the Jordan, see, you got to understand what that looks like. So you got the water and it's a constant flow at this time. And so it's moving. When we get to the edge of a situation, I know for me, I become a little bit afraid and I get anxious and a little excited all in one time. Even with doing podcasts, I just get excited. And then it's like, okay, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Yes. I have no choice but to do it. Why? Because this is what he has called us to. He called us to do this. He called us to step out. He said, when you're at the brink of the waters, you shall step Stand in the Jordan. See, he didn't tell us to leap into it. Sometimes we leap without thinking about what's the steps of it. And when you leap into something, you're not familiar with the grounding. What happens is you can stumble and fall into the Jordan. That's not what God wants for us. Sometimes he says, stand on the edge, take a step down and stand in the Jordan. I want you to feel the pressure of the water around you. I want you to experience and get your, get your feet in your grounding in the Jordan. Why is this? Why would he put us in a situation where the water is moving so fast that it can truly wipe us away? Because he wants us to feel the power of him. This is all about the power and authority of Christ. This is about what victory really feels like. Victory is so powerful. I can feel it shooting all around me. I can feel the water flow. Just talking about it, I can feel the movement around me. And I know this is nothing but the spirit of victory. This is Nisi moving all around me because victory is for the people today. And I am here to speak the word of God to you, to share that God said, not only do you stand at the brink of your victory, but do not let fear 
fear keep you from stepping out into it. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care that the motion is moving fast. I don't care if you feel like I don't know how to jump in. It's so many, it's so saturated. Guess what? Podcast is super saturated, but I'm out here doing it anyway, because this is for the people of God. And I'm going to proclaim what he has told me to do. I don't care how fast motion things become, because guess what? I must stand in the Jordan. And that's exactly what we're doing today. We're going to stand in the midst of it. We're going to feel the movement of the currents moving past us. And we're going to stand still and not move, but embrace the moment. We have to learn how to embrace the moment in real time. We be so quick to move to the next stage instead of take our time. I see why he said, no, I want you to take your time with this. I want them to eat on this and see and taste and see that it is good because it is good because he is such a good God. My God, you're so good. You're so good. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory. And remember, see, this is we're getting to why he said what he was talking about, because he said, don't forget, you made it over. See, we have to sometimes stand in the water to realize that, hey, I'm almost over. I'm, I'm in the middle of it. I'm in the middle of the worst part of it. Sometimes in the worst situations of your life, on the brink of breakdowns, on the brink of all hell breaking loose, on the brink of it, even in the midst of it, sometimes you got to go stand in the midst of the storm and let the storm swirl around you. Let every, every accusing thing swirl around you just so then you will know the power of the Lord is upon me. He is with me because I can stand in his glory and his glory will stand for me. And oh God, I'll uncover my eyes and my own unbelief and everything that stands in the way of what you're doing for me so that I can then do and be all that you have called me to be. Hallelujah. We're going to keep going, my God. Woo, hallelujah. And Joshua said, we in verse nine, and Joshua said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words of your Lord, of the Lord your God. And Joshua said in 10, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will with without fail drive out from you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergashites, the Amorites, and the, the Jubasites, I guess. <laughs> the Lord said this. He said, I'm here to let you know I'm driving out every demonic activity force sin, generational curse, everything that stands in your way, I'm driving it out. If you allow yourself to follow into my victory, if you say yes to my victory today, if you're willing to stand and obey, if you're willing to do what I'm calling you to do in this season and in this time, I'm drawing out fear, rejection, abandonment, abuse, whoredom, rebellion, inequity, idolatry, perversion, defiance, laziness, slothfulness, death and dumb spirits, stubbornness, fearfulness, unbelieving, abomination, murders. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing out the whoremonger, the sorcerer's idolatry, the liar. He said, I'm, I'm drawing out everything that stands in the way. I'm taking it all away. Everything that was there, everything that stood in the way, confusion, depression, all of these things, I'm drawing them out from you. They shall not come near your dwelling. If you allow me to move in your life in this season, we're going to keep going. I'm going to read 11 through 13. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of, of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel and from each tribe, a man. And when the soles of your feet 
when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all earth shall rest in the water of the Jordan. The water of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. Let's talk about that. 12 was essential here. His instructions told the, the um, priest, step into the water, let 12, of the, 12 men, one from each tribe, to come into the water as well. And then what's going to happen is that the water is going to fall into a rest state. And then it's going to cut off from flowing. Mind you, the water was a constant flow. And then it's going to stop even coming down. So the Jordan is going to stop. It's going to cease in one heat. The 12 here is essential because 12 represent perfection and it also represents heaven on earth. And so it takes me back to the scripture, um, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When he was referring to 12, the Lord gave him divine instructions, y'all. We got to be listening for God to give us instructions like this. He is still speaking loud and clear, telling us what, what, what to do and how to flow and what time to move. And we got to move in that timing so that we can get things done like this. He told them to move like this so that he knew that in this calculation, if we move exactly at this time and do this very thing, everything must cease to move. That means every storm, every hail that's going on around you must cease to move. Every situation must stop. Everything, all the currents, the power and pressure around you must stop. Everything that's a hindrance of your rest must cease and dry up in that very moment. The Lord is trying to dry up things around you so that you can have a clear pathway and it without without murkiness, without any gook, anything to stick to you, anything to pull you down, anything to hold you back, but give you a clear, dry ground to continue to walk in. And that is exactly where we're trying to push you to. And in and, and this, because how can we let God be great if we don't even see the flow of him? We got to know that when things stop flowing, instead of saying, oh, everything drying up for me. No. Lord, are you clearing a pathway for me to walk over a situation? Because remember, we already made it over. We're going back and reading what has taken place in Jordan. We already made it. But now we have to understand what did they get from here? Why did they do it this way so that we can take those same, that same wisdom and apply it to today's life? Let's keep going. So 14, so when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all of the banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in heap very far away at Adam, the city that that is beside Zarathan and those flowing down toward the Sea of Araba, Araba, the Salt Sea were completely cut off and the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan and all Israel was passing over on dry ground around until all nations finished passing over the Jordan. Let's talk about why they gave so much information here. It was not a narrow path that dried up. 
this was a big path because remember, nobody can touch the Ark of the Covenant. And he already told them to keep a good distance around the Ark. So they had, that means that a large amount of space had to be dried up so that people can continue to pass. But what blessed my soul was the fact that this was dried up. This was harvest time. So the flow of water was increased. It was high. It was overflowing. So that means that what we got to be aware of is that even in the midst of when God tells us to, to go, everything around you might be harvesting and blooming. And that will make it hard for you to obey and say, mm -mm, it's, it's, time is still good here. I don't know why we shifting when I'm still being blessed. Now I'm overflowing on this side of the land. Instead, you're telling me to go to another side where I'm looking. I know you said it's a promise there, but there's, there's more obstacles over there too. And it's just getting good. It's simple. And I'm complacent in this place. But guess what? Even in the harvest time, when things are good, if the Lord say move, you got to move because harvest still must freeze. Everything must get cut off. Everything must stop and cease. And we have to learn how to obey God. This is why he told us to, to consecrate ourselves earlier on so that when we got to the moment of seeing harvest, seeing the good and plenty, seeing how the water overflowing and the bounty that's growing around this on this side of the bank, guess what? It won't get us to be caught up and say, well, I'm going to just stay here because I'm comfortable. No, I have to keep going. The land is already dried up for me to cross over. I hear the Lord saying that I have given you clear ground to walk over to the other side of situations, but yet you have not chosen it because of your comfort place. Thank you, Abba. And so we have to know that we are not in a position where we can stand still and just stand in this place and say, I'm not going to keep going because I'm comfortable. I'm not going to go because I'm afraid of what's ahead of me. No, this is the time to know he has done miraculous things already to get you where you are. And he's trying to take you to the next place of your purpose. And to get to the next place of your purpose, you cannot stay here. You cannot be still. You cannot think that this is all that he has for you. No, you got to keep moving. This is your time to go. Get up and go. Keep walking. The path has already been made for you. You've already consecrated yourself. And if you haven't, consecration is not a one-time thing. This is a daily walk where you got to get up and say, I'm dying to my flesh today. I'm going to consecrate myself today because I have to give up myself today. I don't care how good life has got. I got to keep going. I don't care what disappointment has come. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving because the more paths he clear for me, I got to take them all. I don't care because guess what? We got to know we're pioneers and we're called to go into lands that don't, that look desolate. We're called to go into lands that don't look like it's receiving of us. But guess what? We still got to keep going. There are a lot of times people are not going to receive us. The Bible says that even a prophet will be rejected in their own home. We're not received everywhere that we go. We're not even received in our own house. We're not received half the time at our own churches. But guess what? That doesn't stop the path that we got to keep going. We got to keep moving. This is why he said, remember, don't forget you already made it over. You already made it over. You have made it over time and time again, and you try to forget it. But I'm here to remind you, I'm here to trigger that place in your mind that wants to take one moment that I made it over a situation and not apply it to all the other times because, oh, that was easier. Oh, that was different. Nope, it's still a overcome. Every time you overcome, you will constantly be an overcomer. Every time you overcome, you will constantly be an overcomer. You've made it over. We can't forget. We won't forget. We cannot stay here. 
We cannot stay here. We are called to be made over. How can we say, let God be great if we're not willing to move forward and move from this very place, this second, and say, I'm not going to stay here. I cannot. I don't care how comfortable. I don't care what it looked like. I don't care what it looked like I'm leaving behind. But we got to keep moving forward. Our purpose is waiting for us. We're not waiting on it. It's waiting for us. Maybe you've been laying down and crying out too long. Dry your face, get up, and start walking. Start moving. The path has been cleared for you. This is your time to let God be great. This is your time to move by the Spirit of the Lord, the Most High, and be obedient by giving up your own will and doing the very thing he has called you to do. And that is to walk in victory. That is to overcome every situation that has stood in your way, every place of fear. This is your time to take back control of your household. This is your time to take back control of your life. This is your time to let go and let God be great. Oh, hallelujah. So let us pray. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this time in your word, God, and in your presence, God, that you have already reminded us that we have made it over. We have made it over this moment. We have made it over. Even in our spirit, man, has already made it over. And now it's time for us to, in our natural, to catch up to the very things that we've already experienced. So, Lord, we thank you for a boldness and a strength that we will continue to strive to go forward and not stop. Not stop because of fear, not stop on the brink, but to break through that brink and step into places, break the hymen of everything that that has stood in the way, break the hymen of fear, break the hymen of new territory, break the hymen of new career paths, to break the hymen of new businesses, break the hymen of new new opportunities that God has had for you, break the hymen of everything that stands in the way that says that you are not worthy of it, but break the hymen and say, I am more than a conqueror, that I am called to do my my mighty works because God is with me. Oh God, we thank you that we open ourselves and we consecrate ourselves to you today. We give up our own selves and take on the trust of you, take on the love of you, take on the faith and the move of you, that we will continue to move by your spirit. Oh God, have your way in and through us. Help us today. Help us to not be afraid. We give up our fear today and take on your boldness. We give up the lack and insecurity today and take on the security of knowing that you are for us and not against us. We give up ourselves, God. We give up our people pleasing today and say, God, as long as you love me, that I am enough. We give up every place of lack and take on the gyra of you. We give up everything that stands in our way, everything every thought, every vain imagination and we cast it down to hell, which where it come from. We give up the people that have been like leeches that's been stuck to us, that has been tearing us and slowing us down. We give it all up and say, God, I lay them at your feet and I choose not to pick them back up because today I choose to step and walk over the place you've already called me to. We're on the brink and we're choosing to step down and stand still in your glory to feel the power of you. But not only that, but to walk in through the dry place. Oh, Father, we thank you that it is you that will clear the pathway before us and you will make it dry so that we won't have any murkiness or anything that will come upon our feet and stick to us. All the residue, all the gook of life. 
it must dry up and it, it has no authority to stick to us. It has no authority to become a frictionless place or a place that will slow down our pathway, slow down our stepping. Today, we choose you. So, Lord, we thank you that every place that you are broken off us today, that you will fill us up with more of you, more of your fruit, more of your love, more of your kindness, more of your meekness, more of your perseverance, more of your strength and boldness, more of your word, more of you, more of your grace and mercy, more of just your peace. Sometimes it's peace that we get so used to not having peace on this side of the Jordan that we became comfortable there and not want to step out into where the, the current was, not realizing is that not peaceful as well? That There's no peace there. Our peace comes when we step over it through the dry place. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you have your way in and through us. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And we thank you. We thank you for victory today. Oh, Jehovah Nisi, let your victory be for your people today. Oh, Jehovah, let them call and close them with your victory. Let your victory just overtake them in every aspect of their health. Oh, God, let them release the health and the currents. Could it not be that he would say stand in the currents to wash away all of the ick? all of the sickness and disease, all of the insecurity, all of it. So I can hear him saying, stand in the water a little longer before you step over because I'm trying to cleanse you. I'm trying to wash over you. I'm trying to prepare you for what's to come. See, we want victory so quick, but we're still dirty with mess of this world, with mess that we put our own selves in, the sins that we, we accepted and walked in and laid in. Oh, but today, let the current wash over us and cleanse us and make us free. Cleanse us, oh Lord, oh great one. Wash us again. Wash us with the currents of your glory. Wash us over that we would choose not to walk in this place filthy. We would choose not to wash or walk in this place with the same mindset, but we're choosing to stand here. We want to stand in this place. We want to stand in the victory place of you. We want to stand in the place that that will that you have already opened to us. We want to stand here. We want to stand and let the currents wash us. We stood in the midst of storms long enough and been hit by everything. But what happens when you let water wash us clean? It is you who said you are living waters. So living waters come and do the and cleanse us. Oh, come and cleanse us. Come and remove the ick from us. Remove the gunk of life from us. Oh, wash us and consecrate us. Call us, set us aside as holy. See, sometimes we got to get in the water to get free. So God, we thank you for your water today. We thank you, God, that it is you that will tell us to stand in this place and take it on so we can prepare for the walkover. Because don't forget, we've already made it. We've already made it. It was already finished when Jesus died on the cross. So we already have the victory. We already have the victory. I think sometimes we got to hear that. I can feel that thing that somebody's going to listen to this and they're not going to feel victorious. And God said, you already have the victory. The victory is already yours. So you have to say it. You have to claim it and own it. I am victorious. I am victorious. 
See, this is for me. And there's times that I don't feel victorious and, and I have to constantly fight for my victory and fight for who God has called me to be. And I am victorious. When the world wants to reject or they don't see the value and I have to stand and say, I am victorious. I am victorious. You are victorious. You are victorious. You were made for such a moment as this. For this time, for this hour, this is your moment. This is your season. And we're going to get you to victory because we're letting God be great. Thank you for your time. I look forward to spending time with you again in our next episode of Let God Be Great with Nyjah Andrews. Many blessings to you all. Amen.